Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Welcome to Gateway West. I like being able to say that. There's more than one gateway these days. There's also Gateway East. They're just preparing to get going this morning. So if you don't like it, no, no, not. I was going to say if you don't like it here, no, you don't have that choice. It's very good to see you. If you're new amongst us, we're in a, a time of big change. So we've just multiplied into two different sites, one here in the west, one over in the east. So we're just getting used to doing things a little bit differently. People are stepping up. Rotors have changed. There, there might be the odd fumble. Uh, we're at full stretch right now. So please have lots of grace for us and lots of grace for one another. And in fact, that is my topic this morning really is I want to talk about the church. I want to talk about the people that we are. I want to talk about what is this thing, the church, that uh, we are together, that we, where we gather together in this uh, slightly unusual way on a Sunday. Um, most people don't do this on a Sunday morning, but there's something about us, something that we have in common, something that we get to do together, which is utterly different from the rest of the world, which is utterly, I believe, out of this world. And that's the thing that I want to talk about this morning. I want to uh, stir our hearts about this morning. You may, if you were here last week, you will know, I better move this out of the way. I feel like I might knock things over this morning. Um, if you were here last week, you'll know that we're beginning a new series, um, just as we've multiplied to two sites, which is entitled Better Together. So, our conviction is that though we are multiplying, though we are a people that is called to spread out, a people that is called to declare the greatness of God amongst uh, those who don't yet know him, to bear witness to who he is, though we are that people, actually there's something about us together that we, although we multiply, that we need to identify with one another, that there's something about building community amongst us, which is absolutely key to who we are as the church. So as Colin said last week, uh, our definition of the church really is a community on mission. There are these two aspects to what it is to be the church of Jesus Christ. One is that we're on mission together. We're here to display the glory of God in the world, but also that we're a community together. And it's only as we have those two elements together that the church really is the thing that it's supposed to be in the world. So we're a community, but we're on mission. We're on mission together, but we're a community. And as we've multiplied out, our conviction is it's important that we talk about what it is to be community together. And so we've entitled this series, Better Together. And we want to focus on what it is to build community. We want to give attention to building community amongst us to looking across the room at one another and saying, what is it that we are together? How can we serve one another? How can we bless one another? How can we build this incredible community that God has intended us to be? Okay, so that's where we're going over the next few weeks. I love the Zambian proverb that Colin quoted last week, when you run alone, you run fast, but when you run together, you run far. And we are those who believe we're called by God to run far. We want to run far. We want to do the things that he's called us to do. We want to display his glory in Swindon amongst the people where he's placed us. And so we, we need to run together. Amen? And that's what this series is about. So let me pray again. Let's do lots of praying. It's always good. Um, and then we'll get going a bit more. Father... I just thank you for this moment that we're at, this defining moment, Lord, as we've multiplied, 
And Lord, our heart and our desire is to see you glorified in our town. We want to see your ways, your love, your mercy, your grace, your purposes come flooding into this place where we live. Lord, we believe that you've placed us here for purpose. And we believe that you've brought us on a journey, Lord, and that we are at a key point as we multiply across this town, as we, as we step up, as we send Mark and Jackie, we send people further afield into your kingdom. Lord, as we do these things, as we're stretched, we say, Lord, let your kingdom come amongst us. Father, this is a key moment for us. And we say, Lord, will you pour out your spirit upon us? Lord, will we be convicted about this amazing thing, the church? Lord, will we be convicted about building together, building something for your glory, about the fact that we are better together as we love and serve one another in your church? Father, convict us, speak to us, captivate our hearts this morning. Lord, grip us with the purposes for your church, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Was that a little amen? That was, that was great. I love that. Amen. Thank you, whoever that was. So, Collins talked about last week about wanting to focus on building community, on who we are together, on the way that we serve one another and are a blessing to one another. And actually, as we look at Out across the room today, of course, it's a slightly different group than maybe we're used to. So some of our friends have gone over to the east site, and where we used to be in two meetings here on a Sunday morning, we're into one, and so there's some people here. There's some people on the pew next to you who you're not used to seeing, and so we're a slightly different body, but our belief is that we're here for one another, and there's something significant about the people of God gathering together. Amen? And what I want to do this morning is I want to paint some of that picture of who we are together, of what we're called to together, so that when, as we do church over the coming weeks, as we, uh, as we gather, as we come together, as we learn the ropes, if you like, of this new uh, chapter of Gateway that we're in, that we're excited about the thing that we're building. You see, it's very easy to come to church and to see the the challenges, isn't it? To see the the changes, to see the difficulties, to see the friends or the not friends, to see the things that don't work or the rotors that aren't quite quite, uh, functioning properly or the things that are not quite to our taste. And we often look at church on the level of the practical, the level of the gatherings and whether they suit us and whether we do it that way and whether it's quite to our taste and, and it's not quite like it was before and it's a bit... And we look at it, we evaluate it in all sorts of different ways. But what I want to say to you this morning is there's another picture of the church that I want us to grab hold of. That's not just about what happens when we get together and whether it quite works or not and whether it suits us and how we feel about it afterwards, but actually is about what God is doing in the earth. Amen? And as we multiply and as we're stretched and as we learn again how we work as church in this new chapter, I want us to do that in the context of this incredible picture of God's purposes for the church. Okay? Because if we're not convinced about the church, if we're not convinced about God's people, if we're not convinced about what he wants to do through us as his people then we'll never put up with the bumps in the road and the, all the difficulties of being together as, as God. Because we're a funny old bunch. Let's face it, we are, aren't we? Well, I am anyway. 
But you know, we're all different. We don't necessarily, we're not, we, we don't see, see things the same as each other. We, we wouldn't do it, the, I wouldn't do it the same as the, you, and you wouldn't do it the same as that person over there. And, and often we rub each other up the wrong way, and, and yet God's put us all together. And yet there's something about us, there's something that we have in common, which is the most significant thing really in our lives. The thing that marks us out from those around, the thing that brings us together on a Sunday morning and in the week, the thing that causes us to gather together and worship in spite of our differences, in spite of our frustrations, in spite of the fact that in any other setting we'd never be in a room together like this. And that is that we're those that God's grabbed hold of in his mercy. That's all, that's all it is, isn't it, at the end of the day? All it is is that he had mercy on us. All it is is that he rescued each one of us. And actually that rescue, that mercy of God that broke in on our lives, that, that's the most significant thing that's happened to each one of us, isn't it? If God's grabbed hold of you, if, if God's mercy has impacted your life, if he's rescued you out of sin and death and an eternity without hope, if he's done that rescue in you, then that rescue is the most significant thing that's ever happened in your life. It utterly dwarfs everything else in significance, doesn't it? And as we're gathered together, as we look out across this room, that's the thing that joins us, isn't it? That's the thing that identifies us, is that we are those who have undergone that rescue. Each one of us have been pulled out, pulled out of hopelessness, pulled out of sin, pulled out of going nowhere, pulled out of death by a God who loves us and has mercy on us. And that's what brings us together. That's the thing that we have in common, but it's the most important thing in our lives. And so we're a rescued people. We're a people full of gratefulness for what God has done with each one of us. And as we look across the room, that's the thing that we say, I'm a rescued one, but you're a rescued one too. And that's the thing that binds us, the thing that joins us. And there's something incredibly significant about being together, the people that God has called out, the people that God has hoiked out of the mess of sin and death. Amen? Amen. It's incredible. Let that be the thing that grips you about church. Let that be the thing that grips you when you gather. Let's not be distracted by the practicalities. Let's not be distracted by the things that annoy us and rub us up the wrong way, the, the things that we would do differently. Let's be gripped by the fact that we're a rescued people. We're the people that God has had mercy on. Amen? And if you, haven't, if you don't know that this morning, if you can't say, yet yeah, I'm a rescued one. I've been rescued by the living God. He's had mercy on me. He's cleaned up my life. He's pulled me out of hopelessness. If you can't say that this morning, then we would love to talk to you about what it means to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, to be rescued by him, to be washed by him, to be cleaned up and given hope and a future by him. We would love to talk to you about that because everything else pales into insignificance beside that. We are the people who have been rescued by God because he's full of love and he's full of mercy and he's amazing, isn't he? And so it's an incredible thing to be the people of God. It's an incredible privilege. And I think so often we miss, we miss what's going on. 
We miss the significance of who we are, these rescued people, these called out people. That's the thing that marks us apart. That's this amazing thing. And we're called by God to point to that God who rescues, to point to that God of love, to point to that God of mercy and say, come and see with us. Come and see what God has done with us. Come and see this amazing God of mercy and love. That's our main job together is to do that in the world, isn't it? You see, we make it so complicated, don't we? But that's what the church is for, to display, the Bible says that the church is to display God's manifold wisdom to the, looking, to the world that looks on. Amen? The multicolored wisdom of God, the incredible wisdom of God. We as a people, the call on us, and it's an amazing call, is to display to the world around us, to those who don't yet know God, who haven't yet experienced this mercy, to display to them this amazing wisdom of God, this amazing love of God, this amazing God and the way that he works in pulling people out of the mess of this world. That's what we're called to do. That's the purpose of the church. It's an incredible thing. And as we do church, as we... As we gather week by week, as we worship, as we get together in small groups and work out how to live and uh, face the challenges of life, as we do those things together, I want us to have this big picture of who we are as God's people. Amen? Because I think it's so easy to, to have this gap between, oh, we know, we know the theory of who the church is meant to be. We've read it in the Bible, haven't we? Let's re- you see, 1 Peter, what a great... What a great um, 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10. What a great scripture. But you, this is uh, God talking to, or no, it's, it's Peter's letter, but this is about the people of God. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You're God's special possession. Do you feel like God's special possession? I don't know, often we don't feel like that, do we? But we're God's special possession. That's who you are. That's who we are together, the special possession of God. If you have a special possession, you know how that feels. My kids have special possessions. They put them in little boxes. And you know what a special... We're we're God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's, That's who you are. God's special possession brought together to declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once there was nothing that you had in common, once there was nothing that would gather you together, there was nothing that marked you out as different, but now you're a people because you've had the rescue of God. He's grabbed hold of you and gathered you together. Amen? Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The church of Jesus Christ is an astounding thing on the face of the earth. The people that God has had mercy on. The people that God has revealed his love to. That they might declare the praises. That they might display who he is beyond their boundaries. Amen? You see, I think that the Apostle Paul, he understood this challenge that we have, this challenge of trying to marry together this big picture of the church, of who it is, the rescued people of God, a chosen people called out of the world. 
and the day-to-day practicalities of working out our lives together. This, this gap that is so easy to have, I think Paul understood that. And I want to read to you a bit from his letter to the Romans where I think he, uh, he shows us that he understood and he gives us some, uh, some clues as to how we handle that. So Romans 15, Paul says this, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and with one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. That is what the church is about in a nutshell. And I love the message translation of those verses, and so I want us to just look at uh, this in parallel. So you've got on the screen there, you've got the new international at the top, and then you've got the message uh, translation just underneath. And the message says this, may our dependably steady and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us all. So there's something about, you see, this is where it starts with the church. It starts with how we are with one another. It starts with us going before God and saying, Lord, will you give me a heart for your people? It's not something that comes naturally. It's something that we struggle with often, but I believe that it starts right there in the nitty-gritty of our relationships together, of how we see one another, how we work together, that we go to God and we say, will you give me a heart for your people? Will you give me a heart? Will you give me love for those uh, that you've gathered me together with? It's not a straightforward thing. In the NIV, it says, may God, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you this attitude of mind towards one another. So in order to do this, in order to be the church, in order to have the right attitude towards one another, we actually need God's encouragement and God's endurance. So it's not an easy task. But we start by going to God and saying, will you give me this heart? Will you give me this love that you have for each one of us? Will you give that to me for my brothers and sisters? That's where it begins. That we say, just as Jesus has been with us, just as he has shown love to us, had mercy on us, even though we deserve none of it, may we, God, our prayer is, our prayer should be, may we have that same attitude with one another. So the mercy that we've received from God, the love that we've received, may we give that to one another. Just as God has loved us when we were utterly unlovable, Utterly undeserving of his love. That love that we've received from him, may we show that to one another. That's where the church begins to work. Amen? This is the challenge, and we need God's encouragement for this. We need uh, endurance from God for this. So Paul recognizes it's not an easy thing. It's not, you can't just go along and say, oh yes, I know the church is this amazing thing. It's the, we're the chosen people of God. It, It doesn't just happen. Where it happens is in the nitty gritty of our relationships together. As we go to God and we say, God, will you help me to have the same attitude that you have towards me of love and of mercy in spite of not deserving it at all? Will you help me to be like that towards the brothers and sisters that you've joined me with? That's where the, that's where the church, that's where the rubber hits the road in the church. Amen. It's all very well to have the nice theology, the the view of 
Yes, we're the called out, we're the chosen people of God. But actually it starts in our relationships with one another. And Paul recognizes that. And I believe we've got a journey to go on in these days. I believe God wants us to take us deeper into understanding what it is to be his church. And that begins uh, deeper into understanding this community that we're called to build. And that begins with us having that love for one another that God had for us. You see, we frustrate one another, don't we? We don't understand one another. We're different from one another. We, We don't always get along. You'll find that in church. If you haven't found that yet, then you're probably not involved enough. As soon as you get more involved, you'll find that people rub you up the wrong way. Because that's how we are as human beings. But where we start in building community, where we start in understanding church, is we go to God, the God of all encouragement and endurance, and we say, God, will you give me the same heart that you have for me, for my brothers and sisters? Because he loved us when we were utterly unlovable. So even if you find somebody utterly unlovable, and I'm sure there's nobody in this room who's in that category, but even if they were to, because that was the state we were in, and God still had love and mercy on us, and his instruction to us is, come to me and ask me for the love that you'd have the same attitude to your brothers and sisters. It's, it's a serious business. And that's where, it, that's where building community and building church begins. Amen? And this is what the message says, then we'll be a choir, not of our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master Jesus. And that's what we want. You see, that is God's plan for the church, is to be a stunning anthem to our Master Jesus, to who he is, to his love and his mercy. But it's only as we go to God for that attitude of love and mercy to one another, where it doesn't come naturally and where it's difficult. And as we go to him and we say, God, will you help me be like that towards my brothers and sisters? Will you help me to have mercy and grace again and again and again? As we go to him for that, then the Bible says, then we start to sing with one voice. You see, it's easy to come together and sing together on a Sunday, isn't it? But we're to be not just with one voice, but one mind also. Uh, And one mind in the Bible, that means together in spirit, joined in heart and so if we, can, if we ask God for this attitude for one another, that he might build his church, then we'll find that we begin to have this togetherness, this sense of, yes, we're together in the things that God's called us to. Yes, we're, we start to feel like this people. So that when we sing, it's not just with one voice, easy to do, but with one mind, one heart, joined in spirit, I understanding this, that the people that we're called to be. Amen. And what happens next? So carrying on in the message version, verse 7. So reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it. Now you do it. I love that. I love the way the message writes things. Okay? Jesus did that. He welcomed others. Whatever they were like, welcome. Reach out, welcome those. Uh, This is about the body, okay? This is about the church. This is about the people across the room from you. Reach out and welcome. Jesus did it. Now you do it. Jesus, staying true to God's purposes, reached out in a special way to the Jewish insiders so that the old ancestral promises would come true for them. As a result, the non-Jewish outsiders have been able to experience mercy and to show appreciation to God. Just think of all the scriptures that will come true in what we do. 
So what happens is, as we learn to love one another, as we go to God to ask for the mercy and the grace to build great relationships, however difficult they are amongst God's people, as we reach out to the insiders, those in God's family, God's people, so, what does the Bible say? So those, the non-Jewish outsiders that Okay, we're not all Jewish, but the point is the same. As we reach out within the body of Christ, so those outside begin to see who God is. So as we learn to be the church that we're supposed to be, so then those outside the mercy of God and the love of God, they begin to see who this God is. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose for the church. And it's always that way. It always starts with the way we are together with one another. It never starts with us just going on a street call and, go, and going, you, know, you need to know God. It's not like that. That's why the people of God is so important. That's why it's so important that we get to grips with this church, with the body of Christ, with who we are together. Because it's as we learn to love one another, as we learn to have mercy, as we learn to build together, to be community together, to share lives, to share hearts, minds together, then, the Bible says, it's always the pattern, then the world will see. Then those outside will know. There's something about being the church. If we can get hold of it, if we can get hold of what God wants to do with it, if we'll give ourselves to it and ask God for his help, then the world will start to see. Then those who don't yet know mercy will start to see this incredible God of love. Amen? It's the Bible pattern. Right the way through, it's always been like that. Right from Abraham, right from when God first grabbed a man and said, this is the way I want you to live. And if you live like that, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Jesus, at the end of his life, praying to God for the people. For, what did he pray? I pray that you bring them to unity, that they might have love for one another, that they might learn what it is to be the people of God together. Then the world will see. Then the world will know. Amen? That, yeah, Jesus' prayer, that they might be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even, if, even as you have loved me. Same with Abraham. All the way through the story, it's always the same. What happens amongst the people of God as we learn to be community, as we learn to be the people that God intends us to be, then so the kingdom advances. Then so those outside begin to see, and God begins to be glorified in the world. Again in Acts, the early church, you know the famous passage, all the believers were together, they had everything in common, they continued to meet together, they broke bread in their homes and ate together. As they learnt what it was to be together, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's always the way. It's God's pattern. You see, there's something significant about being the people of God. There's a lot of spiritual orphans around in our, in our world in these days, people who haven't gripped, haven't been gripped, captivated by what it is to be part of church. You see, we were, we're saved not to be individuals just before God. We're actually saved into a family. Just as, just as when you're born, you're born into a natural family, that's a key part of who you are, isn't it? For better or for worse, the family that you're born into and what happens, it's a key part of what identifies you. And so it is with spiritual birth. When we're born again, when God rescues us out of sin, when he has mercy on us, he puts us into a spiritual family. It's utterly part of our identity. You can run from it. You can pretend it's not there. You can dislike it. You can pretend you don't need it. But it's, 
all the same, is absolutely fundamental to who you are. And it's an a incredible shame, the number of those who have encountered God and yet not built into the family of God. Spiritual orphans around us. And I believe this is a day for the building of God's people. A day for us understanding what we are together. A day for us crying out to God and asking him to help us to build community because of what's at stake. It's always the advancing of the kingdom that's at stake. Because as we learn to love one another, so God begins to be seen in those around us. Amen? Amen. That's his pattern. And we're at a point of stretch right now. We've got new bands. Well done, guys. Thank you so much for stepping up. That was a new band you saw this this morning. There's new people. I mean, you know, all right, all right. But they've done it. Okay, they've done it before. But, you know, it's a new band in its current formation. Um, But people are changing rotors. There's people running around beforehand. You know, there's not the fire marshal's rotor isn't right. And and we don't know how to set up that room. And behind, I don't know if if you're new, welcome to Gateway. Uh, The point of my my preach this morning is not to try to get you to sign up to a rotor, okay? I want to be absolutely clear about that. We've talked a lot about that in the weeks that have just gone by. And we will no doubt talk about it a lot in the future as well. But right now, I want you to see the purpose behind all that, Right? I want you not to see rotors and chairs and, and how, have we got the right chairs out and how's this working and how do I like 10 o'clock? Okay, it's a bit later, a bit more of a lion. That's nice. Okay, don't, don't have to rush around at the end so much. Can en- stay, please stay, by the way. Please stay and enjoy coffee. Please talk to one another. Don't rush off. We're to build with one another, okay? You, it, it might be difficult, but it's worth it. We're the people of God, amen? So stay for a coffee. But I, what I want you to do this morning is I, I want you to see beyond the practice practicalities. Boy, there will be stretches in, the, in these days. We have sent a lot. Of, we've sent Mark and Jackie. It was great this week, by the way. Uh, I'm coming to a close. But it was great this week to have messages from Mark and Jackie in the Isle of Wight, encouraged by what's going on there, encouraged by the love that they found, starting new meet, midweek meeting. They're start meeting every Tuesday to gather for prayer and worship. Uh, Mark's speaking this morning, by the way, right now on... Um, uh, that scripture I just read, actually, about breaking bread together in Acts, because they're going to start breaking bread uh, at Apex Church in the Isle of Wight every week, like we do here. You see, some of our ways have gone out beyond. Um, but no, it's so encouraging to hear from Mark and Jackie. And this is what it's about. It's, about. it's not about us being comfortable and nice. It's not about us having it all so it works here. It's about God's kingdom going out to the ends of the earth. I had an email also this week from Robin Sabine in Brittany in France. That, now that is a challenge. I tell you what, not many Christians like them in that way out there. What a challenge. And yet God sent them last summer. They felt God speak to them, go to Brittany. They've established home. And just an email from them this week. So encouraging about Rob starting to find work. Sabine has got a full time of work of teaching lessons, which they need to keep going. Um, she hasn't had to go and find any of it. Their um, card, what's that card called? Something that gets them NHS benefits and all of that type thing. That came through unexpectedly. Anyway, a really encouraging email from, from them this week. And as I was, I, I tell you what, I've, I have been at full stretch. I don't know if you've read in the magazine about some of the changes that we're making with staff around here. So our uh, operations manager that 
who was Andrew Williams, who was operations manager until the end of last year. We've asked him to go and take over the furniture project, which I believe is absolutely a God move. Very excited about that. Um, but now, right now, we have no operations manager, so we're running around like headless chickens. I'm ordering pita bread and, and grape juice one minute, sorting chairs. You know, it, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. But when I read from Mark and Jackie being established in the Isle of Wight, when I read of, Mark, of Rob and Sabine being sent to Brittany and the encouragement of God being with them, and I'm like, yes, this is what it's about. This, is, this will be our pattern. We're stretched thin right now, but God is on the move. And we need to learn again. We need to gather again as, as God's people. We need to be a blessing to one another. We need to learn what it is to serve and love one another again. With all the bumps in the road and the hiccups and the stretches and the people stepping up and, uh, and learning new roles and all of that. Because this is God's pattern. As we learn with all the challenges, what it is to be church, what it is to be together, as we learn to build community, so God displays his glory in the earth. So people get sent. So the kingdom advances. And that's what it's about. This big picture, I want you to be captivated by the church, the called out people of God. That's what makes it worth it. Otherwise, why is it? It's not worth it. It's not about having a nice Sunday morning. It's not about being all comfy in our seats. It's not about it feeling good for us. It's about God displaying his glory through a called out people who are learning to love one another and serve one another and be full of grace and mercy and building this incredible community that God has intended us to be on the face of the earth. Amen? Would the band like to come back up? I'd love to pray for us. I'm just going to give one quick opportunity for us to respond together before we're going to go back into worship. We're going to see what God says to us. Uh, We're going to be able to respond. Uh, It may be that you feel like God's speaking. Uh, There may be a contribution that you have that you feel like should be shared with the whole body. Please come and share that with Nick and Motti or Clive and Kaz and uh, we'll let God lead us. We're we're going to come back into a time of worship. But right now... uh, I'd love to just ask you one question. Are you willing for God to grip you again with the purposes for his bride, for his body, for his people on the earth? And all the implications of that, all the challenges, but all the potential glory as God displays his splendor through his people. Are you prepared to be stretched? Are you prepared to go to God for mercy for those around you? Are you you prepared to count the cost of serving and loving the people that God has joined you together with, that his church might be built, that it might be all that he intends. If you, if you don't just do this out of, because everybody else is or anybody else is, but if you're saying, yeah, God, I want to be gripped again by this church. I want to give myself to this. I want to invest. I'd love you to stand up and I'd love to pray. Please don't do it because others are. Do it because, yeah, say, yes, God, I want to be I'm on this mission. I want to love your church. I want to love those you've called out of the world. I want to serve it. I want to give myself to it because I've seen something of what it's intended to be in the world. And then let's go again in these days, shall we? Let's go again in these days. Father, I want to pray for... Lift your hands. Let's lift them to God. Father, we want to be the church that you've called us to be. Lord, we want to be all that you've intended. Lord, we pray... Give us that grace and that mercy for one another that you had for us. 
Lord, may an incredible church be built in this place. Lord, may we invest and serve and give ourselves in it that your glory might be seen amongst your people. Lord, we thank you that that's your plan. Lord, that you might be seen amongst the people who there's nothing special in themselves, but they've been called out and cleaned up and put on their feet by you. Lord, we love you for what you've done. Father, we pray each one of us standing before you, Lord, grip our hearts with your church. Grip our hearts. Enable us to give ourselves, Lord, and build your church in this place, we pray. In the name of Jesus, come amongst us by your spirit, Lord. Come and do something incredible that only you can do amongst your people gathered here. We pray it for your glory in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.